How do? How do? Just How me do me indeed? <laughs> me and V, yeah. Sorry, me and, me and V. Uh, the other Mike's having a um, bit of a drama with some comms issues. <laughs> Funny enough. Funny enough. <laughs> Seeing as it's so, all about comms tonight, and he's so not working. He'll be joining us uh, in a wee while. So it's just uh, you've got the delights of me and Paul at the moment. How are you, mate? Nice uh, yeah. weeks of work of work. Did you have? Oh, I was uh, I was in the office Monday to Thursday. I've been off today. So uh, today we had the baby scan this morning. So that was a, an up and early quarter past eight scan at the hospital. Uh, all was well on that one. So all good. Lovely to it. Good stuff. Uh, and then uh, rest of the day, really. But yeah, just sort of nipped to, nipped to the shops and got a couple of bits and pieces and just chilled out. It was actually quite nice. You know, I just sort of... A bit of a bit of a relax, but as I said just a second ago, that's kind of put me in the mood now to just have a <laughs> little so light. Just, up and just go sleep. Down. Have a little siesta. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm well, out really, honestly. I've got big news today. Yeah, so share the share the news. We're, we're talking for, I did share it on my Instagram about forty five minutes ago, an hour ago, but I received today in the post, which is relevant to the comms, from Mission Taylors. This is a custom made uh a bit of input from me on the design front, and obviously loads of input from uh, Mission Taylors on the on, from their part. A custom made <laughs> the rest of it for everything else, <laughs> literally everything else. Uh, comms pouch. Now, I've always wanted to do this, and I haven't been able to find on the market. I'll hold it a bit closer like that. A pouch that would like, facilitate what I wanted to do. So this will hold two yeah. Bofang radios. It'll hold my antenna securely. It'll hold my fist mic for one of my. Uh, for one of my radios there, excuse it hanging down like that. Obviously, this would be connected to my day sack or my plate carrier or whatever. So one set of comms there and the PTT for my headset. And the beauty of it is, is all my comms are concealed, well, held within this pouch. There's two, open that top bit up there. So you've got a retaining flap at the top, dual zip, open it up. You've got two radios there with their own designated pouches and obviously uh, storage for cables and additional antenna length cables, stuff like that. And the beauty of it is, Four molly straps on the back, so that'll sit on the side of my plate carrier towards the rear or on yep. the back of my day sack. Um, if I'm changing out my uh, my loadout at all, so that will stay on my plate carrier. Ooh, tactical it, tear off. Yeah, so that'll stay on my plate carrier. I've got a blanking plate which comes with this, which will then hide the, the hook and loop. Yep. Close that up. So there's that is literally going to be on the side of my webbing, my uh, plate carrier, nice and thin. Nice. And then did I can he, take that off. Blanking plate, he supplied that as well. He did, yeah. So he done me two of the back panels, and he obviously yep. done me the main pouch, and he done me a, one blanking plate. So whatever one I'm not using, put the blanking plate on. Oh. And then this would just Velcro straight onto my day sack. Put the re- click the retaining strap down, and that's it. Comms have changed over to my day sack. Seconds, ten back, ten seconds, ten fifteen seconds, just to change it all out. So that's my little well happy with it. So Mission Tailors, guys. Anything you need custom made, go to Mission Tailors because they are absolutely fantastic people to deal with. Mustard, isn't it? Absolutely. absolutely. Mustard, mate. I couldn't fault it, mate. Let's check if you guys can hear me. Yeah, so we can absolutely hear yeah. you. Welcome back, Mike. What a, what a <laughs> catastrophic exercise to get, you know, the comms issues on the freaking comms episode. <laughs> yeah, like, we might have. Uh, I think, think you were doing what that. not to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to wear this to start with, and then it was getting a bit stressful. I wasn't sure if it was this that was causing the issue, so... Just subliminal stress is causing you. Yeah. Nice, mate. It's a good headset, good reliable headset, that is. And by Z Tactical. <laughs> I think mine's by Comtac oh. or something. Or... Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. Anyhow. All right. Hello, everyone in the chat. Sorry, the guys can't see the chat. It's only me. Um, so, hi, Rage, Wayne, Sean, Les. 
and uh, the other five people that are currently watching that haven't said anything yet. So, hello. <gasps> Why are you speaking? Uh, we're talking to comms today, comms and radios. Hand signal. Is that, Is that why no one's fucking talking? By the tree! They're by the tree! That's a classic. They're <laughs> by the tree. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, first off, uh, we're going to get the, the kind of boring legally bit out of the way, um, because I'll be honest, we're not experts in radios and least four comments as a minimum on all the videos and then chat telling us that we're wrong um but i thought it'd be worth just running through the difference between pmr radios and like the normal bio things which everyone's seen you know it's the kind of standard thing that everyone's got um just to kind of like clear anything up on that so pmr uh, so this is a pmr radio this is a binatone action 1000 uh it's a Private mobile radio. I've written this down because I want to make sure I get it right because otherwise I know that people shout at me. Um, they are a maximum of five watts of output. Uh, and then license-free, you get eight uh, UHF frequencies, which is ultra-high frequency. Uh, in America, for our American listeners, I know there's some out there, uh, that's the equivalent of like the FRS and GMRS systems. Um, and one of the kind of the key things that, yeah, I've never heard of that until, until about half hour ago when I looked it up. Um, just just going to sit back and let you deal with this bit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Can I find that now? Um, so, yeah, that, that's a PMR radio. Now, Biofings. This is this is one of the more popular ones. This is a UV5RE, um, but there's various variations. I think we've all probably got one of these that they're all about to get out. Um, so these generally run on five watts. So already you're breaching the free PMR regulations by using these. Um, Actually, darling, I've got the UV9R. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that one in a second. Um, these I've, also I've obviously... stolen Mike Marden's UV5R. <laughs> so Mike is with us tonight. This is my radio, Mike. Yeah. Well, as, as Paul's demonstrating, the Barofeng... Oh, before he just threw Sorry. the camera across the room. The Barofengs <laughs> have a detachable aerial, so you can actually take the aerials off, which again breaches the kind of the, the free aspect of radio communications um now to get around that uh you can get something called the business radio simple uk license uh which is 75 pound per organization for five years um so for example the punishers we all have one um so we've you know we've got uh we've all pitched in and for five years we've got this this license um that effectively allows us to use up to five watts um what? Five watts, yeah. What? what? I was waiting for the other four. <laughs> um, which is typically uh, your Biofeng. Now, there are also the Biofeng UV9s, which are, I don't know if they're recent or not. I know they're recent to me because Lance and I both recently bought one. Because um, after a particularly wet meal sim, um, the Biofeng UV9s are, I don't know if they're waterproof, but they're definitely a lot more waterproof than these ones are. <laughs> I bought this on the assumption that it's fully waterproof because the advert has got it sitting in a bloody fish tank bowl with a goldfish <laughs> next to it. What so you didn't I'd, see is that that was inside a plastic container inside yeah, the fish tank. It's either, that, it's, it's either that or the radio was sitting behind the glass fish tank and they were just <laughs> taking a picture through it. Well, to be fair, to be fair, they do say that they are, um, they do say they are waterproof. They don't say that they're diveable. Uh, so I don't understand the difference between waterproof and dive. I mean, who's using a radio when you're diving anyway? Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, oh, so anyway, yeah, basically, that, that's the difference. Um, so I would highly if recommend... Only, if only there was a Navy SEAL watching now. 
I'm sure he'd stand as corrected. You would, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend going and finding out. Um, sorry, I've just been told I'm very loud, apparently. Uh, is that better? Keep going. A little lower. A little lower. How low that's can that's you nice, go? That's, nice. that's good. How, How low can anything? you go? No, that's fine. That's fine. Cool. All right. Sorry, sorry, everyone in the chat, if I've, I've just got louder. Um, so, yeah, basically, if you're going to use a biofeng, then I highly recommend doing your own research um, and then obviously not breaching the law. Uh, it is the law. Um, I know that there's groups on Facebook that tell you, don't worry about it, they're never going to find it out, you're not going to go and get caught or whatever. Um, but obviously, we want to try and make sure everyone's doing things right and proper. So go and do your research and find out on those Um so it's only £75 for five years for a group. It's not a lot. So. For a team, if you had to chip in a five each or something, guys, or whatever it is you've got to do just to get that license, so you're covered. And not only that, Mike, like Mike just said, the legalities that come with it, I'm not sure if um, there's some way that Ofcom can scan to see if there's an illegal usage of a of a ham radio somewhere in a certain kilometre radius. And if there was, would it be the individual or would it be the organisation? Now, for me, if you're at a Milsim event and you're using these radios, could it be... The org organizer A that gets shut down, or would it be the individual within that event? So you could well potentially be messing it up for a, a lot of people, not just yourself. So, you know, bear it in mind, guys. You know, it's a it, as unserious as we think it is, potentially for an event organizer who could get their whole event cancelled because you haven't got a license for using these radios. You know, it's something to bear in mind. And like I said, for five, ten quid per man, whoever's in your team, um, it's worth it for five years. Do you know what I mean? The outlay is very minimal for the cover you get. So. There. There you go. There you go. Now, Is that the boring about, bollocks out of the way now? That's the boring bollocks. I was just going to talk about the difference between UHF and VHF as well. Because um, these are all the things that are kind of really hard to kind of visually show. Um, I haven't got any graphs or anything. I like the jazz um, hand. That was good. <laughs> so UHF is basically ultra high frequency and VHS, as I understand it, is very high frequency. Now, what the difference between that is, I think it's to do with the length of your wave. So it's either ones like that it's or about, ones like it's that. It's about that much. Um, that could mean a lot, mate. Yeah. <laughs> UHF, well, you're like this then. UHF is better indoors. But it's got less range, but it's got better penetration. Um, so that's the difference between a successful career and just a one-off shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um so bhf is better outdoors apparently so um so uhf yeah, how does it penetrate better though uh things like concrete walls and stuff like that uhf is a lot better apparently for if you're doing any indoor cqb and stuff like that ultra high frequency is better it's got less of a range but because it's got a longer frequency you're more contained as well yeah it, it can penetrate through the walls better apparently yeah never knew so, that um, that's cool yeah, something to bear in mind. So if you're doing CQB or built-up environments, then UHF is apparently a better option. So, oh, okay. Mm. There we go. Cool. He's actually, right, that's from that's all that piss taking, quite stuff. interesting shit. It is, isn't it? To be fair, I know. I, I really wanted to take the piss in, and so I'm sitting there going, oh, I actually quite like that. He blew us away with that last fact. That was good, so. Mike. Yeah, that was good. You were good. Thank you, right. <laughs> Getting some love to net. <laughs> Right, so without going too much more into that, um, yeah, by the way, if anybody wants any more information, uh, there's the Airsoft Comms group uh, on Facebook. Uh, I highly recommend giving those guys uh, a follow on Facebook. Um, there's loads of really kind of helpful people on there that can ask questions. Um, you'll probably get a few people going, oh, I can't believe you didn't know that. 
But um, I think you get that on every airsoft group, so I don't think that's 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 particularly <laughs> special. But um, yeah, so well, let's let's start let's start pouches wise, because I know obviously Lance, you were talking about your uh, your new fancy. Uh, I have yeah, I have covered it, um, but it, like I said, yeah, it's um I've been dying to get hold of something like this. I've looked at med pouches and that, and they just didn't do what I wanted them to do. And uh, Mission Taylor's, but what he's done is just oh mate, it's got little little waterproof covers here so i've got access in the side of the pouch there there's no i've got to have it hanging out of zips or nothing it was actually purposely built ports to put my cable run my cables in there's a couple in the lid there that are underneath elastic so they're all fully waterproof there and there all sides a bit of molly down there um individual pouch on the inside for each radio to sit in securely um again additional uh, fixings in there to hold the cabling um secure it's just i'm just i'm blown away by it and for the I'm not being funny, but we spoke. Um, was it last? Was it after the last episode? I contacted him. I think it was. Mm-hmm. So it's a week. It's a week from initial design on the back of a fag box, which was uh, took a picture of it and messaged it over to him. Um, bit of to and fro. What about this? How about we try that? To actually getting this uh, was today. So it's seven days, and this, this is the turnaround. I mean, it's fant- it's a cracking bit of kit. It really is. To say, I'm, I'm beaming here to here still with that chess rig that, he, that they've done. You know what I mean? It's definitely yeah. something that I'm going to revisit with certain other items that I want. Exactly, mate. Sort of, I mean, designed that, and made. This would be my go-to now all the time. All my, my comms are stay contained within that. And the good thing is I've got two of these panels, which molly onto my plate carrier. So I'll have one on my plate carrier, one on my day sack. And then if you can imagine, that's my plate carrier. Bosh, that's on. Retention strap over the front just to add a bit of security. And it's quality gear. I mean, look at that. I mean, look at that. I mean, and the thing that makes it a no brainer for me is it for my Warrior Recon um, plate carrier, it's, it's the you know the same color, it's OD. There's no difference when you put it on. You can't see, you know, the clips that he uses uh, are the same clips as mm. Warrior. It's just. You know, so rather than jump on Warrior and think, oh, well, that one fit, or actually, you know, I want a med kit. But, yeah. But my my version of the med kit, I'd like this, this, and this. You know, yeah, exactly. Just jump, just, just jump on here. And, you know, it doesn't cost you fortunes either, you know? Exactly. Um, I mean, that's not too dissimilar from the um, from the UK Tactical, the Warrior uh, Command, Commander's Admin Pouch. Uh, width-wise, very similar size. It's slightly thinner, I think, so from your... From, from sitting on the side of your plate carrier, it won't stick out as far as a full mm-hmm. commander's admin pouch. It's pretty much, it's just proud of the width of the um, bowfang or the depth of the bowfang, shall I say, um, with a little bit of wiggle room for your cables and stuff like that. So, yep. But, um, but yeah, oh, it's bloody good. There we go. There's a few pictures I've got earlier, a few snapshots of it. So there's a, the blanking panel there. That's the internal side of it. So there's two designated pouches for each bowfang because I run the two bowfangs. Or if you're only running one, you've got one for a mobile, perhaps, or anything like that, or your power banks like we were talking about the other day. That's it fixed to the uh, day sack on the front there. And obviously they're removed from the day sack and there's a that's a blanking plate. So that will sit over the hook and loop um, just to stop any crap getting in stuck into it when you're not using that section. Yep. And there we go there. That's all closed up with the blanking plate. Obviously it hasn't had the Lance treatment yet, so I haven't gone I haven't gone hell for level <laughs> with rattle cans on it. So it is a little bit lighter than we have a kit, but you can see uh, you can see there that that's uh, yeah, well happy with it. So mission ta- mission tailors. Um, thank you very much, sir. You're a gentleman and a scholar. As a, as a brief interlude, is a top tip for you. So, um, even though it was my day off today, I had a phone call at five o'clock with um, a film company in America 
who are sending a crew over to where I work to record um, this video around safety that's going to be like a global safety video. Uh, and she said, oh, you know, the, the team are coming on Monday. They're going to do a bit of a recce and then the film is going to be on Wednesday. Um, but can we have a call on Friday? And, oh, you know, it's my day off, but, you know, whatever. I'll do the quick call with you at five o'clock because they're so many hours, whatever, behind or, you know, it'd have been five hours, wouldn't it? So, so it'd be 12 o'clock out there. And um, we jump onto Teams and I've never used Teams before. Uh, we use WebEx where I am. Um, at work so i've jumped on teams first things first my camera even though my laptop's in front of me has put me like like that for the whole webex <laughs> my head was sideways looking like i was holding onto the ceiling <laughs> and then uh, then i said oh I've, I've done a bit of prep for this i've um i've got a 3d site map and i've done some bits on there uh, stuck it all on powerpoint and stuck some maps and arrow, some arrows so you can see exactly where else we've got to come in where you've got to meet where where the meeting room's going to be in the buffet, and then where whereabouts we're filming on site. And she said, "Oh, brilliant! Can you share it with the crew?" So, bear in mind, this lady's she's done interviews with Bradley Cooper for American Sniper. She's filmed red carpet. She's done promo videos for A list oh, movies. Yeah, I can't wait she's, for this. She's now on. on Paul Blue Ribbon Nofo. Yeah. So so essentially, what do I do? I say I'm going to share this presentation with you. And I click on Teams and it brings up about 12 different presentations all down the bottom, ones that I've done for management review and all that sort of stuff at work. So I know it's not them. And then there was one there that was called Untitled One. And I thought, well, that's got to be the one that I've just worked on. Was it? No, it wasn't. So what did I share? I ended up sharing my Airsoft loadout, uh, my rucksack that I'd done with all of my night vision all on the side of it. And I said, can you see that? Can you see my screen? And she went, yeah. She said, uh, what is it we're meant to be looking at? She said, because all I can see is a rucksack <laughs> with like with like sort of bits next to it, all bit all opened out. And I'm like, that's not what I've done, was it? She said, it's, she said, it's a very nice rucksack. Um, she said, but I'm, I said, can you, yeah, can you get it off? I'll send you, I'll send you to your an email. So I sent it over with the presentation. I'm like, oh, man. Oh. What's a faux pas? So, firstly, well, I was sideways when I'd been talking to him for the hour that I was on the on the web, on the the Teams thing for. And well, mate, when I did I mean, do my screen share. I screen shared. <laughs> Thank God um, it was a picture of your rucksack and not your ball sack or something, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, in, indeed, indeed. Why would he have a question of that? Well, everyone has. Oh, well, God, tonight, God. darling, I think you'll find I'll be entertaining you with this region. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you look it's, closely here, <laughs> this is over the years. This is when I was I was twenty one. And had no children, and as I yeah. worked through the years, to now five children. Just uh, <laughs> if you look at the pie chart, <laughs> they went like that. Where my spending went like that. Balls drop, spending goes up. Right on that note, let's um let's jump on to a uh, uh, Paul's Paul's how um. I was going to say Paul's sack, but we're not talking about that. Uh, no, the way I've shared wherever, my sack today. Oh, uh, the comms pouch. That's what I'm trying to say. Comms pouch. So, how do you keep your comms, Paul? So, uh, hang on, there's uh, not really anything on there to share with regards to the pouch. Um, but that obviously what I sent you was around the comms that I use, yeah. Um, so I've got um, essentially the bow thing. So, just as we've, as we've gone through, um, got a couple of those there. Uh, I've got another one up in the loft. So, one of these, as I say, is, is uh, Mr. Marden's, uh, and then I've got another one up in the, up in the loft with some of my other gear. Um, but to hold that on my plate carrier, um, I've got the uh, Warrior comms pouch, 
which you can just see in that picture just up there. Um, pretty good, to be fair. Fits in snug as a bug in a rug. Um, uh, yeah, and does exactly what it needs to do. Um, only reason I got it, you know, I did have another one. I had a Viper Tactical one that done the done the trick as well. Um, but when I bought with the Warrior gear, I just stuck one of those in the basket because an extra 20 quid didn't really make much difference to what I'd already just spent. That's <laughs> not bad, actually, though. For no, a comms yeah. pouch, I mean, even because Warrior is obviously a better brand than... Um, I think we could all safely say Warrior might potentially be a better brand than Viper, for example, but I think Viper comms pouches are probably about the same price, to be fair. So um, mm. Yeah, I mean, it was, you, the good thing about UK tech as well is if you get them on a one of their Black Friday deals or whatever, you can get 20% off or, yeah. you know, so... Um, yeah, that's that's what I tend to do now. Just look out for the bargains, unless it's something I'm desperate for. But yeah, that's that's essentially it. That's just how I carry the comms around in that one. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk through the comms or if you want to do that in a bit. Uh, yeah, talk through yours first, and then because mine sort of leads into the other as well. So, all right. So if you want to jump to the first slide, then or whatever it was, the the one that it's Paul's backpack. Just on. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right, so uh, I my backpack. Um, so a couple of comms, a couple of different comms that I run. Um, so these were uh, first of all, um, I had just a, a, a throat mic with um, an in ear, uh, and I used that for quite a while. And you know what? For twelve quid, I think it's like a Retrievis or something like that. For twelve quid, off of eBay, done the trick. Still got one now on my chest rig, nice and low profile um you know and and not really much can go wrong with it so i had that and then i moved over to um one of these so this is like the the bowman mm -hmm. style yeah it's spot on now. um and it, it's really good so it took me a little while to figure out which way i was meant to put it um with the with the, this green strap bit and all that but but yeah really really like that that's that's a good bit of kit um, and then after watching a review from a, a very um, popular uh, for some and infamous for other um, pair of uh, YouTubers, I stumbled across the Raycals. Um, so it's the Raycal Frontier um, in-ear um, amplified sound. So it amplifies the, the external sounds um, that, that you can hear around, so the general general background noise. Um, but if a flashbang lands at your feet, it reduces it to a safe level so it doesn't damage your hearing. It has got ear protection as well, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, um, nice. So I didn't know they had that, to be fair. Yeah, no, it does, mate. So I've, I've had one land uh, when I was in the trench pit. I was going to say when I was in the trenches. When I was in the trenches. <laughs> oh, back in the day. Back, back in, in the, the day, day. Kicking rats away. We were kicking rats. Trying to eat our bully beef. With your no, so cows in. in. <laughs> With my ray cows in, yeah. Um, so when I when I was in the, the trench uh, apocalypse at the back of Stockade, I had um, a Mark V land on my feet, literally lit right in front of me, my left foot, uh, went off, um, and these things just reduced that sound down to a, a level that didn't make my ears bleed and um, everything else go with it. So, Mike, do you remember so, Longmore when that Mark V landed in my dump pouch? <laughs> Well, yeah, we had about 90 Mark 5s land on us generally. Honestly, in that Paul, it's like slow mo. It came up over the fob wall. It went, it went bonk. I went, boom. Which, which one was that? Which, which glad was that? Uh, that was Gladius 2, I think. It was, yeah, it was, Gladi was, it was Gladius 2, yeah. So that was my first one. 
oh, that I went to. Brilliant. Um, and we took, so it might have been us, uh, myself, Steve, um, Jarrett, Sean Cooper and Dennis was there from the Wolf Recon team. Um, we bought a box of Mark 5s and a box of... Um, I think smokes. I remember you talking about that at APOC as well. Cause, yeah, cause, yeah, it was because Gladius 2 was a week after uh, the DEA event, I think, at Apocalypse, yep. Mike. Am I right or wrong with that? And it was quite, it was quite, yeah. it was quite fair weather, I think. It was um, nice. It was good. It was good. It was a good yeah, event. It wasn't a cold one. So we, I ended up at one point running around with a rucksack full of Mark fives. <laughs> yeah, and I, I literally was standing cold. there. I think you, I, I think you might have done. So there is actually a video of that me going towards. Um, we went towards the Alamo. Um, we was trying to take the Alamo, and it was one of those ones that you had to tag launch the front door three times to get the door mm, in. That's right. Um, or Mark five it like five times or whatever. And I'm standing there literally with a rucksack on. With my back turned like like this, whilst Jarrett is behind me with the bag open, getting Mark Fives out and just going over the fence, over the fence, over the fence. It was, insane. It was think... awesome. It was insane because we come out of that wood block to the um, I think it's to the north of the Alamo, isn't it? Yeah. Look at the opposite side of town, the town south. side, the woodland yeah, yeah. side, south side. Um, we come out of that wood block and we managed to get up to the perimeter wall, got some rounds down on the Sangers and that, so we could get nice and close. And as we come up to the throat of that front gate, uh, to the front right Sanger. That's it. Oh, mate. Oh, my God. It was literally raining Mark 5s. I genuinely, was, like, yeah. I don't even there was, there, there, was no, there was no break in the sound between the, the first one going off and the second one. It was a, it was horrendous. At one Brilliant. point, I loved at one it. Point, <laughs> at one point, Mike, the organizer, came over and was like, guys, you're mush at this point. Just just go. You're, you're not getting a minute. You're, you're I don't want to go. <laughs> you're just paper. <laughs> He's just like me and Mike just looking at each other, just laughing hysterically at all the noise. Just like, <laughs> I think this is really, this is great because, you know, I, I didn't know when I first did that, you know, and obviously I knew of you guys and we'd sort of chatted here and there or whatever, but didn't really know you guys like I know you now. So no, to stumble yeah. across the fact that we've actually been linked in this way, you know, yeah, an event exactly, that happened mate, yeah. two years ago is quite bizarre. Mm. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was brilliant. It was so good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But the thing is, we got it, and you, you, you lot went back, and then Blue Four come out and absolutely smashed our doors in anyway. So we went to bed for something, something to eat after. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so these, 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 these Raycals, they, they, you know, they, they do work. Um, they're a cracking bit of kit. Um, and uh, where would you get the Raycal set up from? So this, this lot here, I purchased from um, JCI Coms. Um, so there is a review of these uh, on the THG um, channel. Um, what that that Tim done, and and basically it, it swayed me into getting them. So the left ear is your audio in um, on the on the earpiece. The right ear is your bone conducting microphone out. So you don't get any audio through the right ear. It only comes through the left ear. Um, and ah, your right okay. ear is your mic. Your right ear is your microphone, um, and then that goes through into that lem unit. So the lem unit there, which is the bottom left um, and the mid bottom middle picture, that's your turn off and on. So if you put mm -hmm. them in, it sounds like you've got a, a standard pair of PPE headphones in. Um, you know, like if you just put your fingers in your ears and you can't hear much. When you turn yeah. that on, all of a sudden you can hear an enriched outside sound, mm -hmm. um, where it's amplifying the outside noise. Um, but that unit essentially is the unit that controls the 
the bang and i think it reduces it down to something like 70 odd decibels or something 75 decibels mm. so it reduces it down to a comfy um comfy limit so regards you know you can 80 85 decibels in a workplace you've got a mandatory wear ppe so if you can imagine being 75 it's it's, it's noisy but talking it? conversation yeah exactly that yeah. mm. um so that's the lem <clears> unit uh, and then from the lem unit then it goes down into um that ptt so that is um and, and there's, a, there's a picture of that on the other page where i'll talk about the ptt in a sec but then obviously you can see down the bottom there the the earplug bits so these were originally used from what i've read about um by the british army uh, i think it might be in afghanistan or something like that and they were issued as a, as a set of comms um to them now what the british army did was and i don't know if it's all units or certain units um They'd have the moulded earplugs made. That's right, um, yeah, I've got some of them. Yeah, so the moulded earplug, which is a great idea because you know, they're exactly the perfect fit. But when you're out there fighting wherever, if you lose one of your earplugs, you're buggered. And they're 45 to 90 quid for a new set. Mm -hmm. So I think they basically sort of shot themselves in the foot by not being practical in, in a theatre of operation um, with regards to these moulded earplugs. Now, the ones that uh, fit over mine... Sort of having a universal uh, fit sort of thing. Yeah, so the ones that fit over mine, they're, they're Surefire, or I think they're sh Surefire, I think it's Surefire, or something along those lines. Um, and they're just foam, and they sit over the top. And these literally, you, you can either take the metal off or leave the metal on, depending on how big your ears are. But they sit over your ears, and then they just sit in. And they're essentially exactly the same concept as what singers wear at a concert sit behind your ears and you can hear yourself through them or whatever but with these ones mm. obviously they're just for comms right. um and and they're a cracking little set um and you know for a low profile um so expense wise um i mean i've had these a couple of years now and i paid a one for them um but that's, a, getting... that's surprising i expected that to be a bit more well, to be fair. yeah no the u94 um was a bit more on top of that as well. I'd have to dig the price out, and I can stick it on there. But if you speak to JCI Comms, <coughs> I think you can, you can get these now anyway. And I don't know. I think there's different different um, versions. So you've got like the the Frontier Thousands all the way up to the fourteen hundreds and the sixteen hundreds, I think. And I right. I meant to jump up and find out which ones these were. So I will have a look and okay. post it on the so, page. Just for the price, simple. So from the Kenwood two pin plug, which goes into your bowfang, all the way around to the tip of your. Uh, yeah. earbuds that go in that's the 100 quid uh so from the u94 up to the in-ear bits um yeah. that's that's the one -er. and then there was the u94 that goes down into the, the kenwood which was like however much it was on top of that but that right. any anyone will fit that so i've got for example uh is this one yeah so i've got this one here which yeah. is just a bog standard off oh, things in it. Um, U94. Oh, there's me. Yeah, so a um, bit of a softer click on this, but these this is cheap as chips. So those yeah. raycals will plug into that no problem. Um, right, and then that, okay. That, so really, if you've got a U94, um, then, you, then you're golden. You can go straight away. Oh, right. Because um, I know some companies can be funny with their only their PTTs will work like some like my Earmore, my Mod Three um, MR Thirty Twos. They'll only fit. Yeah, they'll right. only work with an Earmore PTT. So no, I've plugged them into the others, mate. <coughs> they they work fine on mine. So that then 
you know, then then that goes. The only reason that I got the the U ninety four is one, you know, it was a genuine one, but also I gave him the measurements and he met. So I told him whereabouts my comms pouch was to where I wanted my U ninety four to be, and then he make, he he makes that cable to the length that you require. So if you want a sixty centimeter cable, he'll make a right. sixty centimeter cable to go from your PTT to your bow thing. If you want it twenty centimeters, or if you run it on your front and you only need it, you know, twenty centimeters, thirty centimeters, he'll do that to that length. Right. Just, okay. Whereas the Raycal unit length, I think for the majority of that, that is a fixed length of cabling. So. Right. Um, so yeah, so they, they are. I'd, I'd recommend them. Um, but I would also recommend having a chat with the guy at, at JCI Comms. Um, they run off of a um, AAA battery. Yeah, single AAA. Um, which, so you've got the buttons that side, you flip it over the other side, AAA battery, jobs are good. And they'll last, that last and last and last. I mean, I've run it for, you know, and I don't play every weekend, get me wrong, mm. but. You know, I've I've not changed the battery in a year that that I've been playing. Um, you know, it's just a tidy looking off. setup, mate. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if you jump onto the next slide, uh, yeah, uh, not wanting to waffle on too much. Um, so this is it woven into my um my warrior plate carrier. So as you can see there, over my left kidney, I have the comms pouch. Um. I will at one at some point change that. I, I quite like the idea of when we went through it last that time, and you showed me having the comms up front for, mm, for accessibility. Yeah. For um, sure, but the, the cabling wasn't, yeah, and the power setup and all that. So I need to do a bit of a rethink on that at some point. <clears throat> um, but essentially, the it runs out of there. It goes into the lem unit, um, uh, all the way up through over my left shoulder into the PTT, and then. Yeah, jobs are good and goes back obviously into the into the earpiece. When I'm not using the earpieces, I just tuck them in the rucksack on the back. When when it's being stored, um, that's perfect. And, and you've never you've had no problems with them pull popping out or anything. They just sit no, there nice and snug. No. And so depending on the size of your ears, um, uh, then so I know some people they've got. I don't know if you can see it. You can almost see the plastic bit going from the earpiece. It kind of curves round like an L. Yeah, on the, yeah. So that bit there is like a thick plastic. Now, some people I know that have got these have cut that plastic bit off because they've got small ears. So they they cut uh, that right, off okay. so it sits a bit nicer behind their ears. Because what you also get on the back there for the two cables is the you know like you get with some um, glasses that have got the um, the string hanging off of them. You've got the pull cord to put them tight to the back of your head. Yep, yep, yep. So once they're in, you can zip them back tight to the back of your head so it holds them nice and tight in place. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and I, I must admit, I was a bit sceptical on them because I was thinking, it, they ain't going to work. Do you know what I mean? Um, but when I put them in and switched them on and that, the amplified sound come in and then that Mark V landed on my foot, I thought, yeah, yeah, that's good as gold. So the U94, um, that's a genuine uh, Nexus U94. Um, and that you can, you, you, you can tell the difference in the quality. So with this one here, that I've got, which I've launched over the bed now. Um, I, can, I can just, I don't know if you can hear that, but it's, there's no click to that. It's like a very soft push. Um, the, that genuine one, you, you kind of, you feel it. There's no risk of pushing it by accident. If you want to mm. talk, you've got to push it. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've had that done. 
um, and, and I love that bit of kit. There's no clip, so it, it operates off of the elasticated back, so you can fit it in whichever way you want, and you're not restricted on that. And then the other bit that they've done for me at JCI is that they put a three and a half mil jack into it. So on my downtime, if I've got me me um, headphones in, I've got a cable that goes from my iPhone that plugs into that three and a half mil jack, and I can listen to my music through through the Raycals if I want. That's cool. Yeah. So you know, if you're having a bit of a, it's a, you know, what I mean? it's not <clears> necessary. <throat> um, but if you're just sat there for half hour having something to eat, um, now we know got, why Paul's dancing around in the Sanger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do my best the office dance. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean that, that is that, you know I I love them um but I you know if I had to go in and play a weekend with a 12 quid retrievist throat mic uh an 18 quid Bowman style headset um a hundred odd quid set of ray cows or my other unit they've all worked for me so mm. don't be discouraged by the fact that so someone's got a super expensive set of headphones you know we we played at apocalypse um and there was 180 people turned up on the day 50 of them were lithuanians that thomas and, and his crowd Mm. And bear in mind, these guys, I think, just meet up for a weekend just to shoot each other from two foot away with 500 FPS blooming sniper rifles just to get used to being hit. Um, and they <laughs> literally, that 50 went up against 130 people uh, over three games and absolutely smashed our back doors in because they were running comms. You had two teams of 25 Lithuanians, a team leader on each, the team leaders had joint comms between the two, and then the two subunits of 25 each all had comms between each other, ranging from cheap little five-quid sort of in-ears that you kind mm. of get when you buy a bay thing through to, you know, 20 quid, 25 quid, 30 quid, whatever headphones. And it didn't matter. They could hear, they could mm. speak, you know, and, well, and they absolutely the owned it. The fact they're talking to each other, you know, I mean, I think the key the key message for this episode is you can have any any kind of radio, in all honesty, but having that communications to work as a team makes a massive difference. Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's much better yeah, comms is yeah, definitely key. Yeah. Yeah, throat mic, if I'm going my, if, you know, if I've got my chest rig on um, and, and we're going door kicking when we're out with you guys next at Longmore, it'll be a throat mic, 12 quid, retrieve his throat mm -hmm. mic. You know, if I've got my plate carrier on and we're we're going on patrol somewhere, then chances are I'll have those in. Um you know, I'm not I'm not fussed, you know, with really what I use. Um my, my bugbear is that a lot of the time people go, Let's get comms, let's get comms, but no one uses them. You know? Yeah, exactly, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, sort of... yeah. You, um sorry, Paul, what do you use as an aerial? So that aerial is from uh it's from SNR, I think it's SNR comms or SNR aerials or something like that. They've got a Facebook page. I'll put the link on. Rachel just asked whether two yogurt pots on a piece of string work. To be honest, mate, if you've got comms between a, you and another person, you are going to trounce the two other people that don't. Yeah, so as, long as, as, long as, as long as me and Rachel get to eat the yogurts each first. <laughs> just, dunk, just dunk a blue ribbon in the yogurt, it'll be fine. I need I'm all yours. You add me at blue ribbon. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 
Uh, that's from, I'll, I'll get the, it's a Facebook guy, uh, SNR comms or SNR aerials or something like that. So that is, um, you know, I, I've got the, the standard player thing aerial, um, it's about the length of a pencil. Um, but I found at Apocalypse very hilly, very woody. Um, I was losing comms with people, you know, if I was at say Jeep and they were at, um, you know, stockade or the village or whatever, he was losing comms with those short aerials. So that that aerial there is from SNR. It's a, a like a you know super improved amplifier type aerial, from what I can tell. It's about a meter long, so it runs up through behind that um, rucksack there of mine, and then goes over my left shoulder and comes out. Just literally, you can just see the the tip uh, on that top middle photograph there, the black tip on it, just to the right of the U ninety four. Uh, it just comes out there, and that, you know that has, has massively improved the the range that I get off of um, you know that little twenty five quid, thirty quid radio. So uh, again, that's by the you know it's, it's difficult to put a price on that. I don't think it was overly expensive. I'll go back through my, <coughs> my messenger checks. I do tend to lose track on what I spend because I tend to buy quite a few things, um, but I'll go back through that and I'll find that that comment but that was in a meter but again if you want you know meter and a half if you want you know half a meter or whatever it is he'll make you one to that um it's got improved fitting so it fits it you know it's got an improved fitting gold fittings into the top of your your radio or whatever um mm. you know my understanding of technology on this sort of level is quite slim so you know i, I have to go by what people tell me with regards to their experience what the experts tell me and then hope that you know i don't get bitten by any bullshit which thankfully you know the people that i've dealt with i haven't done yeah yet. Um, i mean that's it know, with, Jason... with, with your antennas mate i mean uh i had some issues with my comms at uh longmore and luckily enough they had a guy there who's uh one of the one of the event organizers of staffs there and um, he's actually Bob on with his comms, and um, he was talking to me about the antennas and that. And he said it's very dependent on the length of the antenna you have is on the power of your radio and your setup. Like for for the Bowfangs example, he says you you don't like some guys have got these huge whip antennas. He said you can use a whip antenna. He said, but you don't want to get one that's massively long. He said, yep. like under forty centimeters really is is ideal for a Bowfang because of the power output. That there, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I mean the one that comes with the UV nine R now is extendable, which is pretty cool. Not on all of them. Yes, it is. Mike. It's not. It's not on all of them because the one I bought, it definitely wasn't extendable. Oh, I don't know where it is now. It Fucking gone? postman's nicked your long one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, oh, it's here. Here we go. So that's the the, the, the aerial that comes with the UV nine R, which is there. But obviously, if you unscrew the top of it, it'll extend out. So if you are static, you can obviously have an extendable <laughs> aerial on it, or it can go back to being a little stubby, little four inch stubby one. Give it a rub, Mike. Right. It might grow. Yeah, Mike's one doesn't come with one, but he's. Um, I mean, I'll talk about aerials when, when we get down to mine because I've got a whole cluster of aerials to talk about literally in front of me. Um, cool. But so Ray, yeah, got... it, does, it does make a difference depending on your aerial. Yeah, um, definitely. I think there's one last photo for me, really, just to go through on that one then on mine. Um, but what I will say on that aerial, um, that SNR, he did say to me, he has made them, he sent them, but people said, oh, it makes no difference whatsoever. And when he's got back in touch with them, he's running them under a hydration pack. He said, and if you tuck all your area up behind three litres of water, he said it's it's going to... Mm, it's all line of sight as well. It's like it, need, it needs to be up. If you're laying prone and it's pointing down, you need, it needs to be up sort of behind you or, or, or a better way to be staying up still. Things, especially if you're if you're laying prone on the ground and the area's going down, it's all line. It's, a lot of it's all line of sight. So you need to have that antenna. The antenna needs to be up 
somehow yep. manipulate it to be up in the air if you're not. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the last one really then, I've gone through the Bowman part, uh, the Bowman style headset, um, but the other pair that I have got uh, is McCann's. Um, so these are the, the Peltor Compact, uh, Comtac uh, XPIs. Um, so they do exactly what the the Raycals do to a point, um, but the amplification of sound is phenomenal on these. So, you know, you could literally hear um, a, yeah. a, a, a sparrow fart with these things. They are, they are phenomenal. I can't beat them up enough, but they ain't cheap. Um, mm. So when I talk about quite happily using different ones, you do notice the difference between what you get through these versus what you get through a throat mic. However, throat mic use can be just as effective as these um mm. so these are batteries either side the only difference with these ones um is uh so you stick them on obviously you've got your um but these will go through both ears rather than the ray cows go through one mm-hmm. um but yeah they are they are cracking if you if you ever get a chance to stick a pair of these on just to give them a try um you know they, they are they are good 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 don't use them enough, um, really. Um, but you know, you stick them over a peak cap or anything like that. I don't run a lid um, at the minute. That'd be something that I potentially do for the future when I want to do a lid and do it properly, and I'll stick those on there. Um, but yeah, you know, just the various ones that I use really. Um, but the one that I use most as a go-to is is the is the Raycals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely, mate. And that's me. Nice, mate. That's a cracking, uh, cracking few options there, isn't it? On all ends yeah. of the spectrum, really. How's the battery life in the headset? So these ones, uh, so these run off of two AAAs. So if you take the, so you've got the this this bit here. So there's, there's a AAA there, um, and then there's a AAA there. And again, these ones, hours. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a Google and I'll find out, you know, but these are the same. The, the, the Raycals I was running best part of a year didn't mm-hmm. need to replace the batteries. Um, and, and, you know, and these these are rated as, as pretty much being the same. I will have a little Google just while you guys have a chat and see if I can pull that fun fact out for you. Um, <laughs> what I will say about these ones compared to the Raycals, upside with the Raycals is you don't sweat your ear holes off in the summer. You stick a set of cans on in the in the summer when it's you know eighty degrees or whatever out, and you, you know it. Uh, you can get cooling um, pads that replace these current ones. The gel so pads, aren't they? Yeah, mm. but you know, sweaty Betty all day long with them. Whereas the Ray Cows is just a little linear, yeah, linear yeah, jobby. Yeah. Got, I'm going to have a little Google now. See if I can find that battery. He's going to jump on the Googles. I am honest. Oh, that's my Nespresso order. Right. <laughs> Is it me, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to whisper yours? If I, I can talk about aerials, if you want. All right, and you can talk about aerials then. Right, so yeah, it, this was sort of echoing last week, guys, with the uh, with the whole power pack stuff that we've been using, and the fact that you can charge the Bofangs from um, from the uh, with a USB connector, which is cool. Uh, the older UV five R came with a um it was like a 3.5 pin uh 230 volt 
uh, in the wall sort of charger. So this was that, that wasn't possible. But obviously with these ones now, and I believe the UV nine R docking station also charges the UV five R battery as well, which is a bit of a result. Which I tried the other you day. So. Go. Without interrupting, sorry, I oh, know I have interrupted. You can get a, a cable to charge um, to replace the uh, on the UV five R charger. Uh, it replaces the cable and the three pin. Uh, ah, so my, my cables, um, yeah, my cables hardwired into the back of my dock though. My uh, no, see, mine, mine are all like little plug them in, almost the same as the UV nine R. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, that's all right. So there you go. Then yeah, so you can do yeah, best of both worlds with that then. So yeah, that's me UV nine R. And obviously, just it's purely just showing that you can charge it on in the field if it's running low. I mean, that's ideal for me because obviously I've got I run two UV nine Rs, one for zero, one for team comms. Um, so if I do, if I ever get any downtime, I can just quickly bosh it into the uh, docking station, and remove it from my uh, brand new uh, comms pouch, which I got today. <laughs> and uh, new comms pouch. I have, yeah. Have you not seen it yet? I should show you. <laughs> 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 um, it's so, a yeah, bit tonight like, cuddling that. I, I will be like that. If you have a new pillow, I'm going to stop sorry, you love, a, a you're on the sofa in tonight, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get that side. That's the comms pouch side of the bed. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's just um. So if I'm on downtime, I could whack it in the docking station, charge it up for 20 minutes, half hour, whatever, just to give it added a bit of juice. So it's just purely just to show you, yeah, um, just a chargeability of them as well in the field if you need to. On the first pick a jaw. Uh, and this is my sort of lid setup, uh, nine times out of ten. Oh, what I've got here, these are the Earmore MR32 Mod 3 head cans uh, with the Earmore. Uh, it's obviously, it's been lancified, the PTT, it's sprayed with paint and shit all over it. Um, so that's my lid setup, basically, um, for sort of CQB buildings, things like that. Um, I'd only sort of run them. Well, potentially I'd run them. What I did is I bought the Earmores with the headband, um, arrangement if you like rather than buying the earmore headset which is purely for going on a skid lid because you don't get the headband with it then so i thought right let's get the best of both worlds out of it if we can so it's about 57 60 quid for the for the headset um obviously it comes with a headband and what you would have to do if you do want to mount them onto a, a skid lid eventually is cut the uh the faux leather sort of strapping around the headband to remove the cable which interlinks the two cans um but you can you can see there's an mtp replacement you can pick them up off ebay for about 15 quid um, which is just a hell, which is like a foam cover to go around the headband bit, um, but that's primarily for my uh, helmet setup. And I run my MVGs and my cans with uh, with that helmet there. Um, uh, nine times out of ten, um, it'll be just my Bowman headset, which I'll be running if I was out in the field or in woodland or open spaces all day long. It'll either be a Bowman or I'll have my trusty um, Brett Tevis, uh fist mic. I love using a fist mic. It's quality. You have it nice and low. You can mount it up in your chest rig there. You can have it anywhere you like. It's, it's very versatile for mounting it. Um, and a lot of few, quite a few of the guys in the team actually run fist mics. And I know Daniel runs a fist mic um, or a tack phone, um, which will be on the next slide there. But that's basically that's my helmet setup, if you like. And obviously, you've got the option of the headband there. If you're running, like Paul said earlier, with a uh, a baseball cap or something, you can run it with a run it with a headband setup there. And there's the that's the Bowman uh, headset from Comtac. It's about, uh, I'd say about thirty quid, Mike. I reckon for the headset. Yeah. Uh, the PTT again isn't too more too much more. I mean, that's the that's the, that PTT there, ladies and gents. Is it's got to be five years old now, and that's still going strong. And that's this one I hold in my hand here. So that's a, I know obviously some cheaper kit. It don't last 
forever. And in a way, yeah, it doesn't really matter because if, if you bought a, a PTT for 15 quid and it busts after four or five Emilsim events, then, you know, you get another one. But um, I've been lucky. Maybe I had a, an extra special one made for me. <laughs> I got luck of the draw with that one. But that's but that, that essentially, that is what I would run nine times out of ten during the day, um, patrolling, uh, woodland, anything like that. I'd, it's just a, such a comfortable headset to wear. Um, what I have done with the Bowman headset is I've changed uh, the strapping arrangement. So rather than having the, um, the, the strap that comes with the headset, it's got the green netting over the top, um, and so you've got sort of like three points of contact, like Mike's got there. Um, I've actually changed it for a British Army helmet strap, which comes with a tactical torch loop uh, stitched around the side of it. So um, it holds the headset really nice, and it's uh, I find it a bit more comfortable. And but what you can do if you do go down this road, guys, of changing your head strap out, um, the part of the Bowman head strap which goes over your head actually acts as a really nice watch guard as well. The little netting bit you can it actually sits over the face of a watch and runs around your wrist and it actually protects your watch uh, on a tactical point of view it um also stops a bit of shining that off the uh off the lens of the watch as well because you've got that little bit of web in there so you can just run it around over your wrist and uh yeah sort of give, adds a bit of safe uh bit of protection to your watch strap but that's basically that 90 percent of the time i've run that unless i'm running my lid um then i've run my emo mr32s which is really good like they, they create ambient sound um they got noise cancelling uh, setting in there as well, uh, fully adjustable, and they run. They'll run a AAA battery in either can to power it. Um, yeah, so cracking bits of kit, really good. But like Paul said, you know, I don't use them enough because um, a lot of the events I do, it's, it's mostly woodland and that. So a lot nine times out of ten, like I said, I run my Bowman. And there's another two options there. There's me um, Retivis uh, IP46 rated, so it is it's waterproofish to a on the right hand one to a to a point. You know, you could certainly take it out in the rain and it wouldn't be too bad, but I wouldn't get it actually sodding, soaking wet. Um, great little fist mic, that is perfect. Sounds perfect on it. And then on the left-hand side, uh, another uh, Tomtac uh, tactical phone, um, the little PTT on the side of it. So it's yeah, a, bit, a bit more tactical, if you like. So keep the noise down. You know, obviously the fist mic on the right there, the noise is just going to blurt out. You can, if you've got it mounted in a certain position, you haven't got to have it up loud to hear someone talking to you. Obviously, your ears are free for noise as well. But the contact phone, um, obviously, it's to your ear like a normal handset. You can turn it up. You, you can turn your bow fang up proper loud and then not have it to your ear, and you could hear comms quite clearly out of it as well. But it's, you could turn it down a lot more than you can the um, the fist mic and be a bit more subtle with it. Um, it's, again, two great options. I've had that phone on the left there for, again, another three or four years. That's a 25-quid purchase off of eBay. Um, I'll try and find some links afterwards. I'll go back through my purchase history and see if I can find them. And if I can, I'll post up where I got it from and then if, if anyone's interested. But yeah, again, it's two options. If you're not comfortable wearing head, you don't think like things in your ears or you don't like want to wear a headset or it's a, it's, it's a nice go-to. You know, it's nice and quick, you know, especially if you're just chilling out back at your fob and you've got a little bit of downtime. You can just sit there. You can have your fist mic just resting across your lap or your tack phone and you haven't got to worry about headsets and things like that. It's just there in front of you. So yeah, it's a, Couple of, couple of uh, options that I always use and I'll always take them with me just as purely as backups. You know, if a headset goes down, you need something quick, you know, they take up minimal room. I mean, the fist mic, it's, um, I've got the fist mic here. Tiny little bit of kit. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't notice it in a, in a spare pouch or something or in a, in a side pouch of a, of a day sack. So if someone else's comms go down, you can lend it to them or whatever. So it's always handy and relatively inexpensive, really, guys. Just um, stumbled across in my chat. So oh, you mate. can get Sorry, little ear pieces for the fist mic as well. 
Um, you can, yeah. I'm not sure. I think this one does come with a... No, this one doesn't come with the um, in-ear piece on it. This is purely just a fist mic, but I know what you're saying. My ear mores come with a um, a, um, a 3.5 jack, but that's not for um, an earpiece. It's actually for a second PTT, which mm. comes with it. So with the ear more, you get a second PTT, which is a, a small cable, tiny little square with Velcro back. So you could even mount that to your to your riff or you can have it to your wrist or something like that so you can have a tiny little push to talk without moving i think a lot of guys have it mounted to the inside of their finger there so if they are laying prone they can still operate the ptt off of that finger rather than having to reach up to there they can still hold the rifle and operate it like that so that's another little good option with the earmores i've just skimmed back through my, my chat with jci's so that was 140 all in <clears throat> so from the from the earpiece all the way through to the genuine PTT, January new 94 with the built-in three and a half jack and right. the cabling all the way down. So literally when it was delivered, slap it on your chest rig or your plate carrier or whatever. Plug your radio in, good to go. Nice. So basically every, everything in that first image and apart from the Bofang for 140. One, that's what you 140, got. yep. Exactly that. That's, that's good. There's fair play, mate. Yeah, can't say fair in that. Uh, and then the other thing was the uh, the contacts I've got a 45-hour solid-use battery life. Bloody hell, that is good. Yeah. Nice. Uh, these are a couple of... Um, so, on my setup, these are a couple of um, relocation cables which I use. Um, again, I'll get links for these guys. Um, again, inexpensive. I mean, eBay. I mean, it's... The right-hand one, if you've got a bit of um, coaxial cable at home, you could probably pretty much make one yourself. Uh, the left-hand one is from a Polish Airsoft company i can't remember the name of them in a minute but i will find a link to it but the great thing about the left hand one is that it's um it's quick release so uh if i've got it on this which i haven't i took the radio out but basically there's the uh there's my ptt there there we go so the good thing about this one is that you haven't got a, that's it it's fitted now and that's a 360 turn in that maintaining connection so you you're not um loose i'm not loosening that off at all so i could i could spin that around all day and it'll stay on what you've got there is a little, it's like a, um, like a snap lock for like a, almost like a hydraulic cable, like a hydraulic hose that's clicked in now. Just turn it half an inch and it'll just pull off. So that's my uh, relocation cable for my primary comms, uh, back half to through. zero. Half an and inch, my, half through. Oi, oi. But yeah, a couple of relocation cables, guys. I mean, if you obviously, if you're running a fixed antenna straight to the headset, the, the, uh, to the handset, you're not going to need them, but Nine times out of ten, people have the, the bowfang in a pouch, a relocation, running along a webbing strap up to the back of your shoulder or something like that. I mean, like I said, with the antenna position, you need to think about where you position it because if you do go prone and your antenna's pointing down, it's going to compromise your comms. So you need to keep that. The tip of the antenna's got to be at least at the back of your shoulder blade so just so, just so it does keep it up a bit. Or if you're laying on your front and your antenna's come out the front of you, obviously it's going to hook to the back. So vice versa, if you run your comms at the front, which a lot of the time I do, I'll run my whip antenna up. So if I am laying prone, it's going to angle off that way, if you like. And if it's on your back, the antenna needs to stop sort of there, just so it's pointing forwards, if you like. It's hard to do that. But um, yeah, relocation cables, various lengths and sizes you can get, guys. And um, Pro, Pro scan dash antenna on eBay um, for that. And for whatever you do, don't, don't oh, suck on it for half hour thinking it's your hydration bladder. For the, well, for the left hand one, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, oh nice one. Well, cheers, mate. Thanks for that. 
but yeah that's my couple of relocation cables guys like i said you haven't got to use them if you're running a, uh, just a handset then you just screw the antenna straight into the top of the of the uh of the bowfang itself just like there um but then obviously you've got the relocation cable if you're running the pouch and you want to yeah able to be mounted higher up the body then again that's something you're going to need uh, and not overly expensive at all really and uh, this is the Bofang, this is the UV9R. Um, so with the UV5R, you get a um, the, the two-pin Kenwood connection straight into the side. Um, one thing with the UV5R you may have to watch is um, I've had a couple of items that I've bought, uh, PTTs. What I've had to do is I've had to shave a bit off the plug where it plugs into the side of the handset because what you'll find is that the uh, the pins are slightly offset on the, pl on the black plastic mould where it goes in, where it plugs into the side of your radio. So if you look at it, and when you try to plug it in, it's, it's trying to catch the edge of the wall of the radio set. So you might have to get yourself a nice little sharp little scalpel and just shave a bit of that, um, make a bit of a curve to the uh, to the plug point. So if you're getting problems with your comms and you haven't done that, it's definitely worth having a look because what you'll find is that those two pins are literally catching on the edge of the uh, the body of the radio set and they're not plug they're not connecting all the way. Whereas if you just shave a little bit off that black rubber silicon that's around the two pins you'll find you'll get a much better connection and it will actually stay into the handset better i only found out with the uv5r um obviously with the uv9r mike if you can just flick back to that one yeah, yeah, um, sure. the connection's a lot better because you actually have to screw that on the right hand side of that radio set that's actually that actually clicks up and in uh with about i think it's like a nine point contact nine pin contact copper pin contact yeah. and then you'll you'll uh uh neggy screwdriver there's a grub screw at the bottom there to screw it into the side so it's actually screwed into the radio set and then all day long you can you can click in multiple kenwood uh two pin connectors into that free falling um uh, adapter there and that just it's obviously it's not the strongest cable in the world so you, you've got to be careful and mindful of it snagging on something because it, it, it potentially could break but um it's secured in the pouch. It's also you know. not the most expensive to replace, though, is it? So to be fair, mate, yeah. I mean, I think that's less than. I say it's less than a tenner for one of them, Mike, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. So um, they're they're not they're, they're they work really really well. I mean, I've charged my comms with these new hand new handsets and uh, the new PTTs and that, and it's crystal clear. You know, no problems at all. Even even wiggling the contacts when you're talking, there's no interference or anything like that. Um, and like Mike said, they're inexpensive to replace. If you do break one, it's you know it's not it's, it's not the end of the world, you know. One thing just to compare, hopefully this works, is um, so if you see on the screen, the this is the uh, the dial for volume on the 5R. And if you look at the, the UV9R, it's got that little guard around the side. Um, yeah. I find that helps quite a bit just in terms of stopping you basically from accidentally turning down your room. Um, oh, hang on. Um, accidentally turning down your comms because that mm -hmm. makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nice. You're gonna show off your, oh, yeah, I've got all the rest of the photos of your pouch after this. Uh, oh, you did, yeah. So that's that's pouch. So that's the that's that's the that's the new comms pouch for. No, we haven't got to talk about this again, do we? Like, no, we haven't. No, we haven't at all. But there it is. That's it. You know, right. There's mounted on the webbing set. How do you uh, get on with your carrier. aerial? Do what, mate? Sorry. Your uh, folding aerial. How do you get on with mm -hmm. that? It's nine times out of ten, it stays folded. Um, the only time I'll ever. Um, have it fully erect as if I'm back at the fob. I'm sitting here thinking, is he going to go there? Is he going to go there? <laughs> yeah, he never let me down. <laughs> he never lets me down. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only time it'll ever be fully up is when I'm back at the fob with you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> as always, as always. You you asked, what? love. You asked. What happens no, on the Milsim stays on the Milsim. 
That's it, yeah. But I've never had any problems with that. I mean, obviously, um, Apocalypse is a bit of a conundrum for comms. Sometimes you've got it, sometimes you haven't. It's just the undulating land and things like that, and it peaks and valleys and stuff. So, um, yeah, that whip antenna, I've never had a problem using that. And that's, again, <laughs> something else I bought, which is inexpensive on Fubo. <laughs> <laughs> it works, it works, mate. That's it, mate, exactly. This is the back of my plate carrier. Um, so I'm going to talk about aerials first. So these are the standard uh stock uh uv5r aerials um they're okay they're not great um i will just make myself a bit bigger while we're talking about these so you can actually see them so that's the standard one um i did a little bit of research uh and i bought three comparable aerials to talk about so the first one is the proper long this one extends to some ridiculous distance over here um it looks super cool, super tactical. I didn't find it was that much use. You generally, as, as Lance said, tend to keep it folded up. Um, one thing I would say with this one is it actually turns out, I think, to be a tape measure on mm. the side. A lot that. of them are, mate. Um, which isn't necessarily... I mean, it still works as an aerial. Uh, whether it works as efficiently, I'm not sure about. Um, so what I did, I actually bought a shorter version of that. So I've got this little blade. So this is, what, roughly the length of my forearm. Um, and this one's quite nice because it does just fit literally on the back and it stays proper rigid. Um, now, the only thing with that is the fact that I was finding this was clipping bushes and trees a lot. So if you're going through anywhere that's really, really vegetated, this is not so good because it was it doesn't give any flexibility. And I was finding that that was catching a lot of the time. And I've actually started to just slightly bend the base of that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, to be honest, because it's all heat shrink wraps and stuff i don't know how much damage i might have done to that um so i did a little bit of googling and then turns out uh this this is one of the better aerials apparently uh this is a nagoya na177 um there's lots of rip-off versions of this this one cost me 50 quid um <gasps> you can get them for 10 pounds on ebay is that um, a standard airsoft 50 quid no, or no, this one, was, this one actually was 50 quid. Um, <laughs> but this, one, this one's got a lot more flexibility in it. I mean, I can't, don't know how clear that is on the uh, on the webcam, but that one mounted behind me on the back. That I aerial. Can all sorts of stuff, and there's no problem with that at all. That aerial got me out of a game once because I, um, I, oh, I had it mounted on the back of my rig. But yeah. I had it mounted in such a way that when I ran, it whipped and went, whoosh, and it hit, so it, hit, it hit me in the back of the head. So I've started running and go, whoosh, I went, hit. So I started. No one's hit me. <laughs> so I started, and then it did it again. Whoosh, I was like, fuck. Hit, dead man. Fuck. Hit, dead man. <laughs> and it worked yeah. until I started trotting back. I felt it lightly. I was like, Oh, you tosser. It was your aerial. <laughs> oh, I, I won't lie. That's At least you called it. I, but I did call my head. But yeah, no, that is something to bear in mind. It does flop about, but that flopability um, is a little bit better uh, for bushes just, and um, pieces like that. Going back to the so, other one, the, the rigid aerial that you just had. So, so what Paul, oh, sorry, mate. So I, just want to I just want to confirm with Mike that uh, he, he a, a floppy aerial is better for the bush. Yes, a floppy aerial is much better than the bush. A rigid aerial is better for, like, you know, urban environments and like behind dumpsters and stuff like that. Oh, a, rigid oh, one, a rigid one gets you five kids. Yeah. <laughs> so um, is that? Did you say that's a tape measure on the inside? No, no. So this this one isn't. This one this one is a proper 
proper aerial. Um, this one, um, which I'm not going to name name who it's from because I don't want to I don't embarrass anybody. I say it does still work as an aerial, but is it the same company I bought my one from? It possibly was, yes. Um, yeah, no. but that that is basically. Uh, it, I mean, you can see the markings of the tape measure on there. I don't know how clear that is on Basically, this. Paul, it's a bog-standard aerial connection with a tape measure soldered to the end of it, and it's covered in black heat shrink. So do we and think it, that, you know, like a, a cheap B&Q aerial has got shit conductivity versus like a Fat Max from Stanley? Well, this is it. I mean, I've never thought of a tape measure being an aerial before, but I might bring one along with me, though, just to... There you go. I think I've got Bear grills on me on my mobile. I might phone him out and ask him. So I mean, I mean, the other thing to consider with, with these, unless you're actually going to extend them out, there's not much point in having it short because you're not really getting any difference between that one and that one in terms of length. I don't no. know, it's very hard to show on the living background I've got. There you go. That one they that I've got on mine, the, that one from SNR Comms, that was 35 quid for a metre. That's the uh, cable one. Yeah, for a metre aerial, yeah. yeah. So I've I've also got one of those. Um, I got mine from Baz uh, Octo Eight actually. Um, it's the Tier Two Steer, um, and I run that on my uh, webbing set that I used for uh, the Falklands game. And it was great for that because I really wanted to not have like the big aerials and stuff because it really wasn't in keeping with the look that I was trying to go for. Mm, um, so that, that was quite nice because it tucked up all up inside and you couldn't really see it, but I could still run like a biofen comms and stuff. It's well, a tough like one that, um, because if we're playing at Apocalypse, look, it's not the best site for for comms, is it? You know, the, no, the whole nature it is difficult. of the site it itself. It is tough there. It is it's tough hilly, there. the woods, the structures. Mm, mm, you know, mm. I think was, I think he was telling me the other week, or when I was down there, I think it's the is it the the highest the highest hill in in Kent or something? Something like that. You are quite sure high, you, you are quite elevated there, but. I sent you a couple of texts on the um, in our WhatsApp group the other day from um, my friend who previously worked with Seriously Big Ships. Um, and what he used to have was uh, running braided copper, um, which would be soldered onto the antenna. So where Mike's whip antenna is there, um, the, the the actual uh, the base of it, just before where the antenna is, that'll be they'd, they'd cut it off. They'd solder actually braided copper. And what he'd do is he'd run probably a two meter length of it, and he'd run it up and down through all the molly of his back of his plate carrier like that just to mm. obviously have a better signal and that's how we've run mm. his comms it turns your entire back into basically an antenna it basically um, turns the back of your plate carrier into an antenna so we'd have that yeah. actually on ops like in, out in afghan or whatever and it would be a bit of uh, uh, it's like plaited it's um it's like a cable if you if you if you're electricians out there or like a cable sock you know if, if you push it in it expands and then as you pull it tight it, it pulls tight around the cable that you're trying to pull through a, a ducting or anything like that and you literally run it up and down all through the molly like that and it's out of sight out of mind and your antennas there all the time then it's a big antenna then obviously you're going to emit a bigger signal mm. Mm. little trick so um like yeah so i've got my my antenna runs obviously down the back uh, i've got the antenna relocation pouch um there, which just holds it sort of in my middle back, uh, well, just under my shoulder blade, to be honest, uh, and that just obviously extends up over the top. Uh, my relocation cable, uh, I've got tucked in, goes under this pouch and then runs off to the left, which I'll show you in a bit. Uh, my earpiece, so I actually run like a bouncer-style in-ear earpiece, but I, I personally struggle with my hearing. Um, no. I've had rabbits and things when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> do you know how many times I've heard that joke, Lawrence? None. <laughs> Not from me, you haven't. No, I haven't heard it from anyone because I can't hear very well. Um, hey. 
yeah, I, I run this in earpiece because um, I I struggle to discern between surrounding noise and comms. So I I need to kind of keep that clarity. So my right ear is actually my better ear, hence why I've always got the earpiece generally in my left ear. Um, so that's where my in-ear earpiece goes, and that runs back down the side, down the left of the cummerbund, and then my PTT runs over the top. Um, so my PTT comes out here. So this has got a little mic on the end uh, and that's a push cool. button on this side, and that's that's the whole setup. So I don't have anything in front of my face or anything like that. All the comms generally just comes over my shoulder. I've just got the earpiece, and that if I want to talk, it's just literally just talking to your shoulder. Now, it's not as good as the... Um, contact system or anything like that so obviously when you've got that on the mic is there so that picks up a much quieter noise so if you want to whisper that's better um and similarly throat mics and things i've tried those in the past and they're, they're generally quite good um it just depends on how the quality of your throat mic and the rustling of noise that's what um, i like about that so those raycals with that right ear bone conducting mm. microphone if you whisper it's, you know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah, it's I want to give those a go at some point because with with my eardrums, I'd quite like to hear are, that. I think that might be better mm. to uh, to get in my in the bones rather than in the ear. Oh, um, get in the bones. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is the left of my cummerbund on my plate carrier. Um, so I've got yeah. the two cables there coming in on the right from my PTT and my um, earpiece and the relocation cable. Uh, I've got this little pouch here, which basically is just purely there to accommodate extra cable. Um, so because I don't, I haven't got anything cut down to like proper customized widths or anything like that, because I do tend to move. Um, so that pouch there is a little um, survival kit tin pouch, and it basically just folds up. I can just tuck all the cables in there. It keeps it all neat and tidy out of the way. Nice. And then the UV9R just fits in there with the the little clip with the Kenwood adapter we're talking about and then that's got the little quick release on there as well so i can just unplug all of that go and charge the radio or whatever if i need to um but that keeps it sort of fairly neat and squared away do we know if the nine r's got any improved output over the five r or is it right yes i looked this up so the uv five r um is five watts generally uh the uv nine r is advertised up to 18 watts now, it's advertised as up to 18 watts. Um, that would mean pretty much the most powerful, <laughs> one of the most powerful radios in the world at that point. Um, and from several forums that I... Uh, shut up, Lars. Sorry, I just got that. <laughs> I just... I, I know. I, I, so what you're saying is I'm potentially holding one of the most powerful radios in the world in my hand well, right now. So from, from a lot of the reviews <laughs> of people kind of testing these with proper testing kit, they're getting about four to five watts out of them. Um, I think the highest anybody got out of it was about six. Um, now, that's actually a good thing, because if it's obviously above that five watt rating, then it goes back to that whole licensing thing, because the license takes it up to five watts. So you don't really want to be above five watts. And to be honest, with, with a five watt radio and a decent aerial, you should be getting fairly Change. good signal yeah. anyway. So, we, Mike, for devil's advocate then, if you were above five watts, what sort of licensing would you require to run the radio set that you've got? Is that a commercial license or some sort? Or So you start looking at commercial licensing. Um, you start having to look at things like, uh, you know, the proper radio tests and stuff that you have to do uh, to be, um, I can't remember the name of it, like a proper radio operator and things mm. like that because there's, there's certain things that you need to start looking at because it's, it's not so like, much... Um, like a proper ham radio license sort of thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not an expert in this, and this is this is purely my research. So please, people, tell me I'm wrong if I am wrong. Um, but the problem is, is that you start basically impacting a lot further away from where you are. So if you're right. standing on an airsoft site screaming "fuck" down the radio, um, which technically you shouldn't be doing anyway under Ofcom Ofcom regs. No, um, I must admit, I've, because um, anyone I've been can pick that up. up on that's the problem. I've, uh, I've, when I've been doing marshalling uh, apocalypse. Obviously, the radios they've got there, their the batteries aren't, aren't the best in the world, but the radios are pretty good. Uh, and there was a couple of them there that were, were chucking a few Fs over the, the over the comms, having a bit of banter. And um, I can't, I always forget the guy's name. Um, usually stands behind the shop and he drives like a Discovery. Um, is he a paramedic? Maybe ex paramedic? Not sure. Anyway, but he, he, he basically came over the comms and said, What's your language? Because these comms are heard in wherever, oh, so many miles know. away, and you're swearing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing is, a lot of a lot of um, industrial sites and stuff will use similar comms to this. They'll either use PMR or sort of a cheap license and stuff because it, it's just helpful for what they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. hospitals, so, things like that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, in terms of power, they're pretty much the same as far as I'm aware. Um, just but, don't say yeah. fuck or bugger. Exactly, exactly. I don't know, can you say so, bugger? Um, Oh, I don't know. I, I think you're starting to be pedantic about what comes under swearing. Maybe isn't it? Com need to release a, a list of, of sweary sweary that you're allowed to yeah. use on. Radio. Well, I think, I think be you want to just be careful where you use the word bugger. There are certain parts of town especially, you just wouldn't want to. Yeah, especially in a woods full of geezers. Yeah. <laughs> cool, right. There's a couple, couple questions that have come in. Uh, so, Rage Files up at Cans, it's the hearing protection for him. Between years of yep. loud bangs and a lifetime of loud music, my hearing is shoot. I think they're shocked. But, yeah, these. Um, Harry Badger. Hi, Harry. Uh, with the lid cans, do you have any issues knowing which direction the sound is coming from? No. I have a set of cans, but couldn't tell not where with, sounds not, of well, are coming from. No. With those contacts, with that, you, you know exactly where it's coming from. Mm. If anything, it enhances it. But that's what, you, that's what you're getting your money's worth. The only thing I would say is I've been with Lance when he's been wearing these uh, amplifying headphones. I don't know that which was when one I was heard. no that that was when I first that was my first outing and I didn't turn the ambient sound up. <laughs> I had it so off basically, nearly. Basically, Lance and I are walking through the forest trying to be stealthy, stealthy, and Lance is like, "Mike, Mike, let's go over there." <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite tweak the settings correctly on my headset, so yeah, that was a that was a lesson learned quickly, wasn't it, Mike? <laughs> Um, Wayne Wayne's jumped in. I have the problem of the UV5R turning on the FM radio at the worst possible time. So yeah, one right. of the one of... little tip for that is just pick the uh, on the side there. You've got the orange fucking merges. Yeah, just pull it out. Just pull it out and put a bit of tape over it, and it'll never happen ever again. That's what me and, me and Mr. Wanstall done. It was Mr. Wanstall's idea. He said, "Right, I've had enough of this." He said, "Give me that." He said, he whipped his knife out and just went doink. Doink! Like that's not happening ever again. Put a bit of tape <laughs> over it. I was like, "Oh, nice one. Solve that problem." <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. Um, yeah. One of the other one of the other things I would recommend with these is actually reading the manual because there's a lot of functionality with these that hundreds of people don't get. Um, I am sort of in as unofficially the comms guy of our team, um, and every living event, I have to put there and program it <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> 
Were you were the comms guy up until the point where you'd done that lovely spreadsheet for us? He said, right, these are all the comms codes the weekends. So we typed them all in, and then about 10 minutes later, you come up and said, you know those comm codes? Went, yep. went, yeah, they're all bollocks. Don't use any of them. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this, this guy's the comms guy because this guy doesn't want to read the fucking manual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy listening to the FM. Not anymore. Homer Simpson. <laughs> Yeah, um, so when, when you get the UK Simple Licence, um, it comes with a set of frequencies that it kind of recommends you can use. Um, so I just, like, pick some random ones off of there thinking, yeah, that'll be fine. Put the put the document together and send that out, thinking this will solve all the problems. Everyone knows exactly what frequency they're on. <laughs> God, the Mike's such a great guy. <laughs> yeah, one of the teams got to the event and they were like, um, Mike, uh, our frequency doesn't work. It doesn't go down that low. I was like, oh, but I'll tell you what, that was only like six people out of the 30 that had actually bothered to check it in advance. So, hmm. Mm, um, but there, is a lock, there is a lock button on there as well and things that you can obviously turn various functionality on and off and bits and pieces yeah. as well. So, Definitely lock it. Yeah, that, once, you've, once it's lock. all set up, just lock it. Lock. Unlock. Lock. <laughs> <laughs> Menu. Rain, menu. Rain uh, I have that whip aerial. I run my radio at the front and tuck the top of the whip into my shoulder strap cover. That's another thing. Um, I know my brother does that. Um, that's obviously quite a useful thing to do. Yep, definitely. Um, and yeah, Dan, if you mm. press zero for a few seconds, it tells you the battery level, supposedly. So Ooh, I can't mm. test that because this one's flat, unfortunately. But... <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it on mine, but mine's flat as well. <laughs> well, I can yeah. say, well, I'll push, the, I'll push the, uh, the zero button. Yep, it's definitely flat. So. Yeah. Battery's dead. <laughs> no, doesn't do it on mine. It also tells you when you try and turn it on, it doesn't come on that the uh, the battery's dead. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, Wayne. I'm sorry. It was literally five minutes into it. Like, I think we were just about to start the game, and someone went, "Oh yeah, I don't think the radios are working." It's like, ah, oh, I had to run around and fix everyone's radios. <laughs> um, other than that. In terms of communications, because we'll wrap this up because I'm conscious of the time. Um, obviously, there are also hand signals and things you can do as well. Verbal communication is quite a good one. Yeah, um, obviously, if you're out on the field and patrolling that, though, you know, you should be sort of gened up on sort of your, your basic sort of field craft hand signals. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you've got your two ICs on me and this, that, and the other, and indicating enemy and fucking half and all that. All, all the things you can't say on Ofcom because on the radio, you can. <laughs> Develop things in the field yeah, for that. As much as you like with that. Um, if you get hit in the face by a sniper, you can just point and. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, hand signals are great, guys. I mean, obviously, um, if you're out and passing signals back, passing messages back through your team, through your section, making sure the last man's understood what you're going to be doing, making sure everyone's um, knows what the plan is going forward. So if you do get split up, you've got your emergency RV points. You've got your um, where where your RV and our um, during the mission, you know, you've got your waypoints and things like that. You know, you've reached this radio in into zero, calling things in, um, getting straight on the comms when you come under fire, anything like that. You know what I mean? It's all it's all bits and bobs that you can look up, and there's documents online for um, for, for correctly using the comms. If, from a Milson point of view, you know, if you if you really want to take on the immersion and, and really get into it, obviously, um, yeah, it's definitely worth having a read up on it and um, obviously getting your guys, your team, uh, to do the same and sort of all gen up and, Sort of, and it sort of adds to the experience then as well because obviously you're going to be using the comms correctly, you're going to be using it sort of like a military esque kind of way, and it's going to make you feel a lot better. And you, hopefully, you'll enjoy you'll enjoy using the, the your comms uh, a lot more than than you would if you was just just jimmying about in the woods, just shouting and ordering down the down a handset. So, 
builds teamwork yeah. as well. Obviously, I mean, Definitely, I yeah. from a, a communication point of view, but you just rather than just spend the weekend on your own hiding in a bush, you can actually talk to other people in other bushes um, and ask them how their bushes. Yes, I'll tell you uh, what doesn't help. Is, is they've got a floppy aerial in their bush. You're playing up for um, at Apocalypse on a Taliban milsim, and your only comms are someone basically impersonating Team America's Afghan terrorists <laughs> running around going, Derica, Derica, Derica. And you're going, well, what does that mean? Over there, over there. Next thing you're getting laced up. Ah, Derek Bacala. <laughs> right. Well, before that? we get shut down for being, you know, politically incorrect, um, next week we've got our Christmas special. Um, so it's going to be an hour Christmas! and a half long, which, judging by how long our episodes have been getting, that's not really going to be too much of a special. Um, but after the episode, uh, we're going to have a half hour. Uh, Q&A, just general chat and stuff. So if anyone wants to sort of stay with us, we're going to have a few drinks, throw party some questions games. in, and we'll just rant. We can have party games if you want. We can give that party a go. Um, we can have we can have hats. So is it going to be best dressed for next week? If you want, mate, go for it. Um, if anyone wants to send us anything... Just me. We've all got to agree to it. <laughs> no, you do what you want, mate. Yeah, next not, week is not... fancy dress, Lance. <laughs> is everyone up for that? To, for, for voting on me, Paul and Mike for best dressed for next week? For a Christmas special. I think the chat takes a couple of seconds to come through. So <laughs> That's on a postcard. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's end it there quick, shall we? <laughs> um, we're obviously going to be doing, yeah, so there'll be a general Q&A uh, where we'll just talk like stories and stuff. And if anyone's got any questions that we haven't covered so far, just throw it at us. Um, and then, yeah, the episode itself is going to be on our top sort of 30 gadgets. So we've got quite a few gadgets that we've been sort of uh, looking through, trying to sort of gauge uh, the guys have been judging them this week. Um, I like, so, I like yeah. my 55-inch OLED TV. Is that count? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a no. Like, I've, got, I've, got, I've, got, I've come quite fond of my butt plug with a paracord tied to it now, if I'm honest. <laughs> cool. On that note, guys, we'll see you soon. Uh, there, there could be a, uh, sorry, just there, could, there could be a special <laughs> guest next week as well. Oh, there so, might be a special guest next week as well, apparently. There may be a special guest next is this, week. Are you just going to dress up like Santa Claus? Is this what this is? See you later. Let's end it there, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> right. See you later, guys. Thanks for Cheers, watching. Cheers, guys.